This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, Episode 56, Naga Babies, Part 2. This is Strange Assembly, a podcast about card games, board games, and role-playing games with a focus on the Legend of the Five Rings universe. You can download additional episodes of this podcast via iTunes or on our website, www.strangeassembly.com. While you're there, you can check out our main page or stop in and say hi on the forums. You can also follow those main page updates on Facebook or Twitter. Any comments or criticisms can be directed to chris at strangeassembly.com. Enjoy the show. Anyhow, since it's not available on Gen Con, I also thought you might want to know that uh, AEG Customer Service has confirmed that the War of Honor tournament on Friday at Gen Con will be extended, or whatever they call it. So Celestial Edition and Emperor Edition cards, plus whatever's in the War of Honor box. We still don't know what format the draft is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be straight Emperor or going to be like Emperor... Emperor Embers Embers, because there's a draft storyline thing where on, I think on Friday and on Saturday you can play, there are eight, there are a total of eight, I believe, draft qualifiers, basically, and then on Sunday there will be a draft tournament with just those eight people for some sort of storyline prize. Well, I feel like this segment has gone on forever and we still haven't talked about the story. No, we haven't. Oh, what story? (laughs) <laughs> that's my no no no. That that's, is his point that's exactly. My point. That's what's actually started out. There's actually a story we have oh, had no. over the last month. There has actually been a plot. Oh really? Yes. The one that you know. I know we've spent a while because I've gotten used to kind of ignoring the story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, job. we. I, I always think of like with the, the two years over the course of the last two years, there have been a couple of isolated things where we've talked about the story that came out of this big tournament result or how much I hated goddesses or whatever. But, we talked about that a lot. Yes. Uh, well. We might yet today. No, I know. <laughs> not planning on it. You don't plan these types of things. They just happen. Yes. But yeah, there have been some isolated little things where suddenly there is but, but it, plot point. Yeah, but it's been it. hard to discuss. Like, it's hard to discuss individual fictions. What you need to discuss to have a, a good discussion, I think, or at least to make it easier to have a good discussion, is to have some sort of ongoing plot. And since this podcast started, it's, it was basically Celestial Arc, which was just grinding war, grinding war, grinding war. And then we had the time jump, where there was kind of not really anything happening. You had some fiction. I mean, there was the Sparrow clan fiction, except you didn't really know what actually happened. So what do you say? We don't know the actual outcome of that. But, uh, so, but lately, we've actually had 
things happening very, very lately. And so before we get into the very lately things, I guess I had two sort of comments. It's like, wow, it does it feel like the, the timing of the sets has ended up screwing up the flow of the story a little bit? Because we've now, in, I think in May, we got the Embers of War fictions, which is where stuff started really happening. And then three seconds later, we've started getting the Shadows Embrace fictions. And so... Stuff's happening. Yeah, the Embers of War would have come out in February, and then, and then stuff would have happened maybe during the first part of Cote season. Then Shadows Embrace would have come out in May. And, and then instead we'd we be having the same discussion three months ago. Yeah, and, yeah. and instead everything's right on, on top of each other. So it... I, I, yeah, I do kind of wish that they... I, maybe they just couldn't do it because of the way the marketing is tied in with the story and the cards, because ultimately selling the cards is how the company stays in business. Uh, but it's like I kind of wish they could have started the Embers of War stuff a few months before they did, even though the set wasn't out yet, just kind of get it moving. But the other thing is I I was thinking back, and maybe uh, this will just end up being a question for Sean when we do the Gen Con interview. Is, you know, when I talked to Sean last, during last Kote season, there was the the SiegeCon tournament in Chattanooga, I think it was the weekend after the South Carolina Cote, and I remember talking to Sean, and Sean being exci- seeming excited, and me being excited about what they could do during a the time, time jump. jump. Once they wrapped up this whole destroyer war that had been admittedly going on for too long because the arc had had to be extended for yeah. six months to work with the CEG release, the CCG release schedule. And I remember Sean talking about how they could do cool things during this time because they could. You could have one fiction that just had something from Person's start to entire finish, life, and you know? didn't have to be. And again, other you, than the Sparrow fiction, which kind of did have that, although again, you didn't really get how everything ended. I can't think of that happening during the time jump, where it it seemed like during the time jump, fictions during the time jump could have been used to actually have plot happen that. Stories that talked about what plot happened during could the time jump, and we yeah. didn't. We didn't get any of that, really. And it's kind of too late now. I mean, you can't yeah. go back and put them in. And even the spider fiction really was about stuff that had already happened in the past. I mean, the time jump was what, like 15... 25. 25 years. You could have had, like, entire wars. We there was an entire war. They just had not written any fictions yeah, about it. Yeah, you could have an entire Allegedly. war start and end, like, in this past like story of Phoenix. a couple of fictions. Scorpion Vietnam. They could have delved that for how much? I don't know. Well, at least a fiction. I mean, we've we've seen a fiction of how it ends. Do we we still have no idea what that war was about, right? Not to my knowledge. Not really. No, I assume it's about the scorpion stealing something magical from the phoenix. Oh, the the Kalima yeah. scroll. Yeah, that's the assumption. But I don't. Maybe, yeah, but it. We were just sneaky. I don't know, but. Now we actually have, we're actually starting to get what the story is going to be, at least for the clans that have gotten strongholds so far. Apparently, you don't, your, your, your plot points only get developed if you are getting a stronghold or if you're going <laughs> to get in a fight with somebody who's got a stronghold. Uh, <laughs> that does cover a lot of ground, though. Yes, yeah, that does cover most of them. So That's part of the story is everybody's picking their dance partners to fight with. Yeah, and you see that in the, the cards, and in fact, I think in some ways that's been a problem, that you've seen that in the cards before you've actually seen... And then no story. story. Yeah. Well, I, I think because 
uh, you know, we can we'll move it to the end for the actual dusk. But the dragon unicorn thing is obviously because it involves Shakay and Alicia is the one that I'm most interested in, and we knew that there was going to be some kind friction? of fight about that yeah. before we saw anything. I mean, we knew there was some friction in the story, obviously, but yes. we knew it was going to be oh, a big no, thing. Because we saw CCG cards that are for Dragon and, La- and Unicorn that are mechanically like, do whatever. Or do something better if the thing you're going after is a, you know, the other clan. Yeah. And so that's the sort of signal that, oh, hey, this that apparently is war going to be going the on. thing. Yeah. And in this case, I, I think that's been a bad thing for the storyline. But, or at least my mental state about I mean, the it's flavorful line. and people seem to like it. Well... When you have some scorpion person that's like, do this weird action and gain an honor if you're crab. Uh, yeah, well, and that's, yeah, and that's there because they're... So for the crab, you know, yeah, they're continuing to have their alliance. They had their... In Shadows Embrace Part 1, they had the Kuni Daimyo, who's the brother, brother of... The little brother of Hida Kasada, show up in the colonies to take over their operations there. The crab players seem to really like him and think he was a cool character. And they're the main audience, so it was a success in that regard. I think I was one of the least impressed people in the world with this particular character because it seemed like the point was to make him seem cool without necessarily actually being. What, what, just whether because or not he his, hit the jukebox and it started playing? Yes. Hey. Whether or not his actions, his opinions necessarily were consistent or made sense. Well, the big thing is he's like, I hate the colonies. We're just going to ransack this place for resources. None of this sustainable development stuff. And then we're just going to take it back and leave it barren. And, and when I looked at it, I'm like, what? You're, you're a pre-industrial civilization. What are you going to do? Cut down the trees slightly faster? <laughs> civilization yeah. of this technology level can mine and cut down trees for centuries before it's, mm. it actually starts... Yeah, they're not clear-cutting clear. and strip-mining there. Before it actually starts affecting the environment. Yeah, right. slave labor. Yeah, he's talking like we're going to move into the territory and like strip it of resources in four months and then move on to the next one. It's <laughs> like, what are you doing? You can strip like this one cave over here the, in four months. They're going to start fracking. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and processing oil sands. Right, yeah. exactly. And it's also one of the few crab I've seen get in a tizzy about not liking the clothing that people were wearing. Well, the, the, Chris, that was just to show that he's 80. And uh, 80s does, old man. Yeah, doesn't appreciate these was women showing their, their ankles. The story? No. Going, oh. going with the cool factor, yeah. I said. Uh, yeah, no, no. no or the still unicorn, Fonzie Only jokes. the unicorn wear those. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, but that he didn't start a topic off in another the, podcast, Rokugan 2000, right? Yeah. But he, he, <laughs> oh, they had, they had bikers in Rokugan yeah, 2000, yeah. Yeah. Those would be the, the unicorn fighters, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, no, no. I mean, and he started off with the obligatory, oh, I display my disdain for court. I'm a crab. I display my disdain for, or I'm just awesome. Because apparently, every, unless you're a crane, maybe, like, I don't think you can be awesome and actually respect the ro- the rules of Rokugani. <laughs> it's sort of like a, a prerequisite is that you have to disregard them in some way. I think right now, as someone has pointed out, the rite of passage is kind of is blowing off some at- one Atomo or another. Dude, <laughs> that was one righteous and awesome tea ceremony. Yeah, but the plot that's, the, the plot that's actually set up by that is, in addition to, you, you do have some sort of, you actually have a clan saying, this is what our goal in the colonies is. We actually have just an explicitly, like, this is what we're going to be trying to do. 
And, oh, we're going to try to jack up the spider any way that we can. (laughs) (laughs) And, look, we're doing our buddy thing with the scorpion. We'll be walking down the hall. We'll stick our foot out. They'll trip. Everyone will laugh. (laughs) Yes, that's going to be the sort of thing. He also seems to be trying to involve the unicorn, which could get a little odd, because we've also seen the unicorn cards that have, just like the crab and scorpion cards, have some buddy bonuses with each other. We've seen a unicorn and spider guys, so we'll see if, I don't know if there's going to be a split there in the unicorn, or the crab are just going to be much less successful than they think they are at unicorn and spider. Yeah. Unicorn and I think one of my L- major disappointments from the last arc was how, uh, was it Jin San was supposed to hunt down the spider? And nothing really ever came of that. Well, yes, he pissed off Daigatsu so that he burned down the shit. That was bad. half of it. That was it. You know, I bet. Are you I surprised Shinjo... that there was a plot point that was started during Celestial Edition that never went anywhere? No. <laughs> Especially a just, just disappointed plot that, armor. Just disappointed in that particular one because I like seeing spiders die. I bet if the unicorn and spider have a buddy buddy relationship, that Shinjo Reborn is going to really like that. Well, again, remember, Shinjo Reborn was all compassion. She was the one who went to the Shadowlands That's true. to try to reason with Fulang. Yeah. So she it could Fu-Fu. actually totally make sense yeah. for her to try to... I mean, Daigatsu's not enough. her brother, so she might not, but it could be. But it also could just be that there are different factions in the clan that do different things. It seems like we've, we've seen a number of fictions where the Moto Death Priestess was hanging out with the, the spider, so it could be... <laughs> it's always those 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 heavy metal. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it's only going to be a matter of time before the death priests, priests are beating up on the spider, because we all know that heavy metal kids beat up on emo kids. Yeah. yeah. I, I keep waiting for Moto Aussie. <laughs> the ma- they're Maho users, right? They cut themselves? They're the yeah, emo yeah, kids? Yeah. Yes, yes, that's what they are. Except the spider don't really do Maho anymore. They kick sure, the or they don't. Well, the Chuda wanted to leave, but I'm sure, yes, that there are still Maho using spider running around somewhere. Yeah, so we've now seen the spider got in their little fight with the Rumalites, the Gaijin cultists, the ones who were trying to <laughs> summon. There's a certain amount of irony there. Yeah. Our cultists are better than your cultists. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> next, yeah, there's this Fudo thing. Fight with Scientologists. People are fixated on Fudo. Oh, he's back? I guess we're just going to do that, the same thing we didn't do with Shurido, I guess. The same kind of, oh, we've got some heretical evil teaching in the form of, at least that seems to be where we're like, Fudo, the little we've seen of Fudoism seems to put it in the same kind of thing as Shurido, where it's just all about, I'm awesome, and I can do what I want, and I need to be strong. And the real discrepancy between or a big discrepancy between Shurido and Bushido is that Shurido is all about you. you yeah. And Bushido is mostly about like society. Your place in the world and how uh, you interact with other people. No, and no. Shurido is about you. Bushido is about your lord. <laughs> that I, to my mind is the major I, discrepancy. I no, no, it's not even just that. I mean like compassion. Yeah, it's how you interact with those below you, it's how you beneath mm-hmm. those your equals. I mean courtesy isn't just for your lord. There are some like Honor as a freestanding... It's kind of weird that honor is a freestanding virtue when Bushido as a whole was kind of supposed to define whether or not it's yeah. honorable. But, so that's, to some extent, internal. Well, but one of my virtues of honor... One of my tenets of honor is honor. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But, but <laughs> courtesy... I mean, courtesy is about how you act, to, how you treat other people. Sincerity is 
a very superficial sort of thing, but it, it's mm. not at all about what you're internally thinking, really. It's just about how you speak to other people. Honesty is, honesty, you could say, is kind of that's more like a going, following through with your, but, uh, you know, duty, a lot of them are, they're not really even about why you do things. They're about doing what it is that you're supposed to do and treating other people properly. And anyhow, uh, but so we've got Fudo as going on. People seem to really like the whole Fudo thing. It's kind of weird how, like, so this, there's this Fudo thing, and people largely don't know anything about it, and then people already get excited about it. I, I think that's why people like it, is because they don't know anything about it. So they it can fill it cool. in with whatever I think part of it's also because we had Fudo Chow on Lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to admit that as as ineffective and kind of dumb as Fudo Chow was, <laughs> he was fun. In whatever form, yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And, and a popular character can color what players end up thinking, which is one of the things I'm worried about with the dragon unicorn thing. But the crane and mantis are going at it, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. One wonders why it hasn't come up many times before. Yeah, and we'll see how much they go at it. Just differences in in, in clan political style and mercantile interest. Well, yeah, they have... There's so many reasons Please for the crane, crane yeah, economic. Yeah, and that that is actually a real re- real real world reason why people end oh, up yeah. getting in wars uh, is for economic interest. Yeah, they're completely different styles. The m- mantis, I mean, they're not the spider or something, but they take pride in sort of. They're one of the eight of the nine clans or seven of the nine clans or whatever it is that takes pride in scoffing at Rukukani social custom. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, mine's one of them. <laughs> We yeah, just, I think it's yeah. only six. We, we do it in a slightly different way. Well, Phoenix are kind of... Phoenix, it depends Phoenix, on which Phoenix, family. Phoenix, Lion, and Crane, right? Those Everybody yeah. else is kind of just defined by how they how, tell the... How, all the people whose honor starts up at six? Yes. They're okay with it. Yeah. yeah. The, the unicorn have... Do you, do you upset the Rokugani order by taking bribes, or by wear, by eating meat, or by wearing funny hats, or by Mountain standing Tuna. on roofs, <laughs> or... Without your shirt on, even. Yeah. Oh, Wait a who, who wears the funny hats? Unicorn. Uh, unicorn. Oh, okay. Fur hats. Fuzzy hats. Yeah. For, yeah. So who eats the meat? Also the unicorn. Also unicorn. Okay. The dragon uh, samurai dragon do don't eat meat, but the unicorn makes a point out of it, whereas yeah. the dragon are just too poor to afford mm, steak. Fish. <laughs> you guys would like this. <laughs> yes. Whereas the dragon eat mountain tuna. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not a goat. It's a mountain tuna. I swear. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start calling. That should be a, that. that should be a a story. <laughs> A dragon person trying to convince someone, no, it's really mountain tuna. <laughs> a dragon monk, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, well, that's one of those things you don't... It's all part of the game and, and face and whatnot. You just call it mountain tuna. Everybody knows what you're talking about. No one says I, I, it because it would be... I think they should uh, enact a resolution to rename it Freedom Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... So that makes sense, and we started off by both clans doing the, the sort of thing. The crane goaded the mantis into a duel and won. <laughs> so oh, I never do that. And then the mantis responded by doing sneaky stuff on boats. <laughs> which they never do. Which they never do. So it's unclear exactly how far it's going to go, although hopefully that one ends up as a pretty hot war. Yes. Yes. It, we need to see like some big should. wars. 
Yeah, that'd be fun. Especially between the crane and the mantis, because they both deserve it. On the bright side <laughs> for the crane, because this sort of thing does matter, as a, if people find out, which they may not, but we know as a factual matter, the mantis were the first one who actually did something illegal. Yes. So, because the, the crane's move, because their crane was very effective and ended up with, a de- with some dead mantis, but was totally legal, <laughs> whereas the mantis thing was sneaking around and ambushing and killing people. Oh, do you think now we can get the crane to also petition to dissolve the mantis as a major clan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna happen any second now. Yes! The Empress what? reads, petition to disband the mantis clan? I know what to do. Banish the scorpion. You know, it has been a while. They are due. (laughs) It's their fault. They opened up their own festering manhole in the middle of their lands. (laughs) Clearly, these people cannot be trusted. We've got a manhole cover on it. Now we're good. So that seems like a good one. The Lion-Phoenix conflict. Okay, the the Lion's provocation for being mad at the Phoenix was pretty silly. Yes. But they're Lion. That's what they (laughs) do. They don't need a provocation. They're they're like, "You, you, you want to help? Against the supernatural dangers of the Ivory Kingdoms? How dare you? How dare you, you help us? <laughs> yeah. it, it reminds me of the crab section of the Forgotten Legacy, where they're get very mad at the Phoenix too. Where I'm like, seriously, you're mad about this? What's well? We, we just we just it, killed an Oni for you. Yeah, well, but that's isn't that like the crab? I thought that was part of the crab. We're mad at the Phoenix because the crab are buddies with the scorpion and the Phoenix. So they're just mad at the Phoenix no, generally. No, no, I the Forgotten Legacy one, I distinctly recall liking the Phoenix portrayal because the, the Phoenix were like, because that was where, at, at that point, all we knew was that all of the people who were Naga related had mysteriously disappeared and there was waves of destruction. And the Phoenix suggested, well, maybe uh, Fukuda Fubatsu and the others had gone crazy somehow and killed all these people. You know, because, I mean, personally, that's what I was thinking at that point in the story. And uh, Kasada was like, no, no crab would ever do that. Get out! Certainly my name, certainly the guy I'm named after would never have... (laughs) The Phoenix are generally nice and kind and helpful. Sometimes we gotta reach a bit to find a reason to want to punch them. Yes. Uh, But... Of course, we have no idea what form that conflict's going to take place because we got the fiction that said that there was going to be squabbling, and then we immediately had to jump into the because that was one of the Embers of War fictions, right. and then we immediately had to jump into the the Phoenix squabbling. Apparently, everybody's going to we're just getting leaders out there. The Crab got their daimyo. You have the the Phoenix have the Agasha daimyo out there standing Who? post. Agasha he, he, something. He's, I don't in, know. He's, he's in Shadows. Yeah. I, I, I know, I'm joking. It, yes. <laughs> His name was uh, weird, too, wasn't right. it? And well, he... no, no, I, I think it was to you I was telling that when I first read whatever, one of the fictions where he was first introduced, it, yes. and it, I was unclear who he was at first. It, yes. The Embers of War Phoenix Clan fiction, if it wasn't for the fact that they had just previewed the Agasha Daimyo's card, you would not have known who the heck this was. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was like some random Shigenja. Yes. Well, because uh, I mean, the way they set it up, the the story that I I'm recalling, they never called him Agasha, what have you, and they they just established him as some important personage that was being met. So I thought, have I forgotten the name of the other Imperial heir again, and that's who this <laughs> is? No, yeah. No. 
No, it was the Akashi Dangyo. It was the Akashi Dangyo. Yes, which, yeah. which I knew because, yeah, his card had his just card been had previewed just like yes. two days before. Like, oh, it's that guy. Right, yes, and the name didn't stick with me. <laughs> no, it didn't. Because <laughs> his card was... It was the same problem I had with the Phoenix section in the Forgotten Legacy, was they didn't give the family name, they just gave the person's name, and the name hadn't stuck with me at that point. Yeah, let's see, the... The Scorpion don't really have anything independent going on yet because they're that just, we know they're just allying with the crab and they haven't gotten a stronghold. So That's how the Scorpion like it. Being allies with people, that is totally how the Scorpion being, operates. Yeah, right. being, being allies with people and everyone else fighting. Right. Sounds no, no. awesome. There, there no, no. The, the, the Scorpion have allied with the crab, which means they're at war with the crab, right? That's, just, <laughs> the that's how it works. They're, they're that's how wait. you know they're out to get you. <laughs> right. They're going to wait yeah. until the crab are midstream and then stab them in the back and be like, ha ha, sucker, I can swim. No, they're, they're, yeah, it, it's, they're, they're, they're off wedding hot Geisha, Berserker, no place. <laughs> it, it, it'll be interesting to see if they actually have that be sincere, because I, you know, w- when people actually cared about the Dragon-Scorpion alliance that the AEG people really wanted to have nothing to do with and did not really want to, because <laughs> yeah. they thought it was dumb and didn't make sense, and Todd Rowland, who at the time was the L5R brand manager, basically came on the Dragon Clan forums and made fun of the Dragon Clan players yeah. <laughs> for thinking this was a good idea. It was basically like, so this is the most backstabbiest, evil, you can't possibly trust them people ever in Rokugan, and you, you want, want them, be friends you want with to them. be their buddies. Why? Yeah. Because <laughs> it seems slightly better than being their enemies? I don't know. So now they seem to have gone whole hog onto the, the buddy thing here, so, yeah, that... Yeah, Crab even has a Dishonor deck. Yeah, so so the the a sort of thing will be are deck. they <sighs> are they actually just going to be like oh no it's totally sincere or are they going to risk some serious player I don't know what if like like on, a year from now when the scorpion just completely bone the crab come on Chris how else are they going to set well, up kick scorpion out of the cl- out of the club I three think, I think it I think it may be actually sincere this time because I think the scorpion are tired of being lonely and hated by everybody. And oh, the crabber are, are not intelligent enough to realize how awful they are. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's just, well, it's, to, like, the crab don't really seem to be getting out of anything out of this relationship so far. It mostly seems the to crab be is like, hey, yeah, the crab is like the scorpion. No, it's it's just because there's another Kisada around who needs more ninja sent after him. <laughs> I, I, I like how you've just portrayed both clans as very lonely people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They like us. Nobody else in the Empire likes us. They think we're rude. Should we just get them a cat? And- <laughs> yeah, nice kitty. Well, that's that's sort of odd thing, too. Other than... In, in the player base, like who doesn't like the crab, mostly like the crane? The scorpion used to fight with the crab all the time, but now that that's gone, in the in setting, there's this sort of portrayal when you go back to the the default pre-Scorpion clan coup, where people don't really like the crab because they're rude. And right, and they don't they, appreciate and, what they do. And, and yeah, and the Shadowlands have been quiet for ages. It's the yeah. sort of the, the sort of default portrayal of Rokugan is this, people don't necessarily really believe that there are such thing as Onis, that like the crab are just kind of make, they just kill a <laughs> goblin every once in a while and make it up. Ooh, the, <laughs> and, the scary out there on the frontier polishing their Tetsubo. Yeah. Like, you just wait till it's an Oni boy. The, the sort of problem is that all the players know that it's real. Yeah. And that they have, since the game started, they have kind of, you know, they've repeatedly, the Empire has been ravaged by 
evil threats often from the Shadowlands, and so their players are not going to get behind that. There is just not... And again, also because players tend to glom onto some aspect of their clan that's about defying Rokugan, you know, how Rokugani is supposed to do things. So no player is really like, oh, God, I can't stand when those crab come around because they don't bow properly. I... <laughs> It would be kind of funny, <laughs> or though. Or they tell off a He tobo. came in with yeah. muddy sandals. <laughs> yeah. Remember that card? That jerk. <laughs> It'd be kind of funny, though, if they just took Onis he- out of the game for a little while, and then they had this one expansion. It's like, surprise, Onis! He was wearing last year's pants. That jerk. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you believe it? Oh my God. Yeah. So there are other factions where people get... I mean, there's, pl- there's always somebody who wants to get in a fight with a lion. There's always no, somebody who's going to the lion are willing. Score. The lion are willing to reciprocate. Yes, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. But the lion have annoyed enough. The you know the sort of pompous lion guy has that aspect of the clan has annoyed enough people, or come into conflict with enough people's clans over the years that you can come up with a reason for there to be a fight between someone and the lion the pretty lion? easily. It's Tuesday. And the other clan is probably going to be quite willing to wade into that fight, and the players be enthusiastic about it. Yeah. So that leaves the last one before I risk going ranty on the unicorn dragon thing. Was there any other plot <laughs> developments that have been going on lately? Um, I think we have to let him start the rant now. Yeah. Well, okay. see, I've just uh, trying to avoid being ranty about it because you know it hasn't happened yet. But you know it's gone. <laughs> but that's what I was talking about. There are two things. One with cards coming out before the story. So we, yeah, like I said, we know we've seen the dragon and the unicorn people going at it depicted mechanically in cards that usually signifies that there's something going on there. Now, in isolation, that wouldn't necessarily mean anything. Like, Yozo didn't actually signify any big deal between the lion and the dragon. That was just what the card but Yozo did. Yeah, That was what he did. But this, we've seen a, a pattern. pattern of cards around where they're clearly setting up the conflicts. And then, the con is the unicorn guy who has the anti-dragon ability, which, when, when it's like the second in command of the entire clan, that's, that's kind un- of a thing. A bit yeah. more yeah, that's unlikely to be just, oh, some random guy who has a personal dispute. The other thing that it feeds into is that, ultimately, I want Shikay and Nalish to work out. Because yes. I do. Ooh, yeah. we, we, we want them to have cute little Naga babies. Well, yes. They make your dreams that's come true. true. They do. <laughs> but uh, one of the the problems is that that, no. I, I, that seems less likely if that that is more likely I think if the players of those clans want it. Yes. But if you take a really popular character like the Khan and you repeatedly depict her in fictions and on her card as being I hate the dragon. The Shikai guy is a bum. You've already seen this. Like he's not right? good enough for her. Even before this came up, there was a you know at least a chunk of the unicorn player base that was just like, oh, we should just kill Shikay. Problem solved. There's totally been, oh yeah, Minhi wants to Nalish for herself, or Nalish <laughs> should hook up with that Shinjo guy, yeah. or basically Nalish and anyone that she's shown interacting with in a fiction. There's some group, this group of unicorn players that's like, oh, oh Nalish should hook up. You will do it, you want. <laughs> so, Not such but, a battle main in but are, if you Nalish with Jack or Nalish with uh. Sawyer. So if you take the really popular unicorn character and she hates the dragon and doesn't want this to happen, 
that is going to tend to influence the player base to not want it to happen either, which then makes it less likely that the story team would actually do it. So I, I don't, don't listen really... to the story team. We, we want <laughs> yes, naga babies. Yes, don't listen to those people's personal opinions on what stuff. Listen, listen to, to the these other people's, people's yeah. agree personal with me. Opinion. Yes, because yeah. that's how it yeah, works. Yeah, listen to our one hundred percent of Strange Assembly cast members want naga babies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do we have any influence whatsoever? Yes, and, and we don't. Said <laughs> <laughs> by God, boy, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but it. The, the thing is that I, what we know so far is that Shakay has petitioned the Imperials to rule on the marriage contract, which on its face says Nalish, because it was created before Nalish was determined to be Shinjo reborn and became the clan champion, that Nalish is supposed to leave the unicorn and join the dragon. And it appears that due to Crane intervention, which I know this is very important to you guys, to Crane players, but may have cost you my support in the Crane Mantis War. Uh-oh. I know. You guys devastated. better look out now. Because once again, sure. Strange Assembly has, has a whole so lot of sway, of let me tell you. On, yeah. on how these things work out. For, yes, the, we, for the record, we, I hate both of you guys equally. <laughs> Is there any clans, what clans don't you hate? They hate the Mantis and the Crane Kevin and the Scorpion. scorpion. And the, <laughs> that must be it. But right. Phoenix and Dragon. You secretly want the scorpion and to be your friends, unicorn. don't you? The sort of problem, even before we had seen the story, okay, so why are these guys in a fight? Is this a fight that makes sense? Is this a fight I can get excited about? Because if the fight just ends up being about, oh, we've got these two clan champions who love each other and want to get married, but neither one is leaving, going to leave their clan, and there has to be a conflict, so therefore right, necessarily... they having a stubborn off. Well, because there has to be a conflict, necessarily we have to just completely ignore the obvious sensible solution, which is get married but don't change clans, which has been done nah. repeatedly in L5R at this point, yeah. to have high-ranking people get married and not change clans. Ooh, I vote they get married and form their own clan. Well, we need to call it the Naga clan. Yeah. That would be, if you wanted to do something radical in the story, which would probably be too radical, especially since I don't know what you'd... You'd have to kind of ignore it for CCG purposes. Mm. You could theoretically have two clan champions get married, and even if they officially maintain separate clans, that's how you united kingdoms, right? You had the king of Spain marries the queen of Castellan, or God, I'm messing up, whatever the... The things were what Ferdinand and Isabel. What were they? What were the respective chunks of what oh, is now Spain cow. that they were the rulers of? They get married. They have a kid, and now now that kid is the hereditary heir of both of these chunks. They may still be separate chunks in some way, and then later on and they may not be. Possibly later. depending on whether or not you're a separatist from whatever. Uh, I'm not are suggesting we need a dragonborn clan. Title, but. Most of the clans, yes. That would be a radical thing to do. It would be weird. Clan Dragoncorn. Oh, is it it actually a hereditary title? For the most part, outside of the Phoenix, it has been. Okay. Huh. What's hereditary? Clan Clan Champion. champion. Yeah, you see a lot less of hereditary Clan Champions in active storyline because you go through them so quickly. Yeah. There isn't time for them to breed. Yeah. And they generally don't have a bunch of siblings. You'll just have, like, this is the one clan champion. Right. You'll have, this is the regent until we can get another one. Yeah, or they just randomly pick someone else. Or three right. arcs of Kuan XP-17. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you realistically, yeah, you could have had things where you had multiple, multiple arcs of the same 
clan champion, but most clans got them like how many have the lion gone through? The lion have just randomly switched families yeah, all yeah, over I the place. Yeah, I think every family has had a clan champion for the lion at this point. Yeah, yeah. I th- well, because th- yeah, th- when a te- if you count a Temi being regent, then yeah. and he was printed with the clan champion trade, right? I think so. Yeah. Or so keyword. I think their next clan champion should be like Doji something. Or <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know, but. So the two sort of issues is, one, it does not really... It seems like they're shaping up to be a pretty serious, if not an out-out war, some sort of serious conflict about it, about something that really does not seem to... Warrant that it. Would, no. That would rise to that level. At least not with these clans. It could depend on what the clan was. Oh, the lion would go like, to again, war the lion, yeah. well, the lion. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Usually the lion at least wait until they've broken off the engagement to go to war right. about it. Go to war three times before tea time. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. Why haven't the lion stepped into this war? But the other, well, but the other thing is... Whatever. What, Shikay, you're not leaving the dragon? We're going to war with you. What, Elise? You're expecting Shikay to leave the dragon? We're going to war with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the funny what, thing is, Crane, you even heard about this? We're going to war with you. Yeah. I, the funny thing is that there are a, a chunk of dragon players who still just always want to like go back to the Tagashi bloodline. Who are just like, so let Shikay leave the dragon. We'll just make Satsu clan champion again, <laughs> or Satsu's kid clan champion. Whatever. Did, did who cares? Have kids? Yes, he has one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because if you remember last year at the Gen Con interview, Fred talked about how that was going to be one of the things was that there was some sort of conflict between Satsu and his kid, mm. except you it know, never nothing no. happened <laughs> for the, that nine-month stretch. This keeps so coming up. It hasn't come up what, again. Can we, what, nine, that nine-month stretch? He was still out. No. <laughs> uh, so that's the other thing. Partially because I don't know what, how you sensibly come to a fight about it, but... What are you going to have them do that is going to make me enthused about this war? That is going to make my thing be like, oh yeah, I want to kick some you unicorn watch, butt. Take it to them, yeah. Rather than, oh, how do we end this? When does this end? Like, when do we both stop being stupid? Yeah, right, I don't. Well, I don't want to just get my butt kicked. So I care about it to that extent. But right, yeah, uh, can we just like get to our stalemate and quit, or find out who's manipulating it, or? Probably right, Scorpion. Chris, to be fair, that's how I feel about the the Lion War. Is I mean, you guys, seriously, the, you want to fight about this? Oh, but who doesn't want to fight seriously? the Lion? <laughs> Let me trade you. Okay. <laughs> I would, like, like, Lion are one of the clans. If you're just going to randomly throw us in a fight with somebody, why not the Lion? Oh, I'm not saying I don't want to fight the Lion in general. I'm just like, really? This is why you want to fight us? We're offering to help, and you're too proud I, to I think it? I think during... See, you can get enthusiastic about the fight because the Lion are being a bunch of dumb jerks. Okay. So who doesn't want to beat up on the guy who's being a big dumb jerk? Just trade yeah. war partners Look, like every six months. I just feel bad that he's being an idiot, <laughs> and now he's making me beat the crap out of him because he was an idiot. That's all I'm saying. I mean, during like the War of Dark Fire, like the the lion pitched up a fit because the Phoenix were trying to transport troops to go treat plate victims. Yeah. That's sort of my feeling is uh, after the War of Fire and Thunder, it's either going to be I feel really bad beating up on them when I tried to offer them help and they were too proud for it, or they beat me up for offering them help and they were too proud to do it, and... Well, nobody likes to lose, which is, of course, the perpetual problem faced by the story team. Right. Yeah. No, no one... Everyone wants to get in a fight. No one wants to lose the fight. Everything's a tie. It, Good it, job, it, both teams. It's not so much that... You know... I mean, I would almost rather lose than what we did in War of Fire and Thunder. We're, we're like, just like... You didn't lose, here. but it felt like, like it. Right. <laughs> well, we, we didn't lose. We just sort of were like, oh, 
Can't touch us. We're good. I think actually, oh no, you didn't hit me. You didn't hit me. We got a shield. My favorite. Uh, we're gonna just give you some land to go away now, please. My favorite. Because we think we're crane. <laughs> defeated the game was the Yusuke War, where the crab and the crane were at the end of the war, and the crab were like, "Well, we could send in the damned." No, no, <laughs> we won't no. do that. We'll we'll take a loss rather than send in the damned. Yes, I love that. I, I did. Yeah, that's what oh, you No, I thought yeah. that was a great story. Right. And it, it left, we can, I we felt can like win it left or... both sides feeling like winners. Yeah. It's like, we could win this war, but we're taking the high road. Yeah. Right. I think both sides felt like they lost that war, and both sides felt like they won that war. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> well, everybody got stuff that they liked. Everybody got stuff that they did. I mean, well, the crane still ended up coughing up the Izuki provinces. Yeah. Right. But I mean, uh, uh, and again, the ridiculous dishonor to, personalities. Go, going back very briefly to Fire and Thunder, my, my problem is not losing. My problem is stalemating and still seeding ground and feeling feeling yeah. like I never did anything. A lot of Phoenix players are still bitter about the, yeah. that one. Right. Yeah. Well, if if you go and read my review of Strongholds of the Empire, you can see me. My basically my section on Broken Wave City is partially this story. This <laughs> this city makes no sense. No. Uh, but. And you guys were worried that I was going to rant about the current story. Well, we didn't Man. want you to feel that bad about ranting. Getting a nice J rant. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but like I said, hey, there's actual plot. There is actual Hooray. plot. Don't, I, don't I make me hate it. should start paying attention to it now. <laughs> don't make me regret that. If you go back to just Embers of War Part 1, which was five, at least five, but maybe seven fictions ago, and you can just start, that's when stuff really starts happening. Yeah. Uh, there so was also a fiction, in. was that one of the ones, would have been right before that or in the middle of that, there's the, where we actually got to see the other, the spider-raised air chatting oh, yeah? with people. So, we'll have to see. He seemed like less of a jerk than I got the impression of him being from the air's wrath, but Did he we'll have see. horns? I don't believe it mentioned him having horns. Yes, let me, no, let me just say that right now. Horny. I cannot get behind anyone who wears a headband with fake horns on it. So <laughs> I know, I was horribly I think, disappointed I, when I, I found out Pancakey wasn't actually horny, he was just wearing a hat. He's not covering up his real horns? Nope. That, that would be just funny. Just a hat. If it was just a headband with holes in it, it's like, no guys, it's just a headband <laughs> with horns. And then he yes, gets home and he takes off like... Hat. Ah. That would be cooler. It's a headband. That would be a lot cooler, actually. <laughs> There's no such yes, thing as a cool headband. <laughs> there just isn't. <laughs> okay, that's true, but it's more flippant to call it a hat. So, FYI. FYI. Since the change in the Dishonored rules, I found I hate the Scorpion a lot less. <laughs> Funny thing. And with that... <laughs> Uh, hell freezes over. Well, no, sure. <laughs> hell freezes over, the mics get turned off, whatever. <laughs> well, I'm Chris Stevenson, and like all that little intro just said, this is Strange Assembly. Here with me today are Kevin Kennedy. Hi. Justin Purdy. Hello. And Jay Earl. Hola. And we're talking about the latest expansion for AEG's Creatures of the Night deck building game, Nightfall. Dark Rages is the name of the expansion. Dark Rages 
introduces one main new element to the game, which is avatars. This review is going to assume you know how to play Nightfall. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know how to play Nightfall, go back to the Strange Assembly website and look at the uh, the older stuff that we have when Nightfall originally came out. Because we're not doing it again. No. 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 Nope. So avatars are another card type that we'll just go, I'll go ahead and write out and say we all think that they're much, much better than the moons that they had in Cold War. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And at the start of the game, you do a little draft with the avatars. So you'll go into your normal draft with a selection of two, three, four avatars. And then after you find out what the cards are that are available in the various archives, then you get to choose what the avatars are. There are 12 different avatars, a lot of them relate to the different monster types, vampires, lycanthropes, ghouls, and then hunters. I guess hunters aren't a monster, but... Right, they're monsters. They're monsters (laughs) to monsters. Yes. So, I have to admit, I got excited about these when I saw them previewed on the website, and then I opened the product and looked at the avatars, and I was immediately disappointed because there are three... Four. (laughs) There are four different pieces of art and four different titles, basically. And I'm like, oh, man, there's only four different avatars. That's kind of lame. That's not what I was thinking about. And then we actually sat down to draft them. And even though there are three avatars that have the same... Well, it's it's similar. They're very subtle. Well, they have the same title and similar art. They're actually completely different cards. And as Jay noticed, the avatars, you'll have the same, like for the vampire overlord one. It's a vampire looking at a computer, and he's always the same, but there's a different picture on in the computer screen. This computer monitor. But uh, we're talking about, yeah, the first, first impression here. But I think that they worked out really well. They were flavorful. They repeatedly called out the different creature types for the thing. They actually really mattered when yeah. you yes. were just doing your drafting, when you were doing your claiming. So it actually added something new to the game that made it more fun. It, I it yeah. gave you incentive to stick to like one or two creature types as well, which was always a thing that I, I felt disappointed with the first time I played Nightfall. It's like, I have you know, werewolves, vampires, ghouls, and hunters in my deck. I'm just playing whatever works right now. But one of the things that really helps out compared to the moons, which we had before, was they were just it was random. You couldn't possibly build anything around what a moon did, and people would, could just change them every turn. So some nice beneficial effect for you just is gone at the end of next turn when someone sees it's actually useful to you. But these avatars are actually useful for maybe lycanthropes only or something like that. And the mechanic where you pick them, it's it's a draft. It just fits in naturally with what you're already doing and in the game. It's not this every turn and things change. And it's relatively flexible because you get like you have two possibilities before you choose one after you see the cards. Yeah, and to be specific, you in that game we had two possibilities. There are twelve avatars. You deal them out so that everybody has an even number. So when it's a five-player game, everybody will have two. When it's a four-player game, everybody will have three. And when it's a three-player game, everybody will have four. And you'll have a million when it's a two-player game, I guess. And when it's a one-player game, I get them all! Whoa! <laughs> and then I cry myself to sleep. But, but all the avatars have a beneficial effect and 
a drawback, so a drawback on yeah. them. Yeah, yeah which so encourages you to play within theme. Right. Well, I mean, some of them encourage you to play in theme. Some of you discourage to play out of theme. Yeah. Most of them call out two of the critter types, right. and they'll say, like, you get some sort of bonus when you have lycanthropes or vampires, and then you get some sort of penalty if you dare to play with hunters and ghouls. And the ones that are specific to creature types al- always relate to two of them. They aren't well, universally... You get a bonus for two and you get a penalty two, but almost all of them are, and I think the one that isn't is you get a blanket bonus and then you get a penalty when you play with the other two, so necessarily left, you're, you get the ones that are left. There are also then some avatars that don't have anything to do with the type. In particular, one of the voodoo guy avatars lets you get an extra bonus when you use your wounds, but then the drawback is that you can never exile your own wounds, and so there's a few in there like that. There's one that gives you a bonus for playing with actions, but then a penalty when you claim minions. Although I think I'd be really wary of that guy. I know. Yeah. So so we like the avatars. Yep. If you're playing with the avatars, you probably do want to go to the more flexible starting deck setups using the new set of starting deck cards. Yeah, from... you, you don't want to get penalized because you're playing the penalized if you have a ghoul and all your starting deck cards are ghouls. Yeah, or... the, the flexible starting decks were, were, were pretty key yeah. to... Yeah, you're, you're just too likely to get stuck with stuff where you've got, oh, I've got two hunters in my starting deck, I mean, and that, that I'm not allowed to buy hunters. That also goes into the whole theme thing. Like, you could change your starting deck so you didn't have any hunters in it if you didn't want to play with hunters. Yeah, well, and if you really wanted to go thematic, you could do Constructed, which I know David Gregg has mentioned us doing <laughs> a review of that, but we just have not. Because that lets you actually sit down and construct a, I'm going to make a vampire deck. But it also means that we have to find Go the time to sit down and, 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 yeah, and get a whole bunch a of Nightfall cards. Well, I don't think that is a tremendous issue now that we're talking about this in the middle of the Dark Rages here. Because <laughs> you can't play with more than three copies of one card. Mm-hmm. And, oh, right. And, and you get they've... seven. So if you have, a, like I do, you have all of, well, maybe there's some promos I don't have, but I mean, I've got all the Nightfall stuff, so yeah, you're limited to, if you've got a group of four or five people, only two of them can use a particular card, and that's a limitation, but uh, that doesn't seem like the end of the world. Mm. And, and frankly, there are so many cards out now, I don't know if it would be the end of the world if people just couldn't really overlap. I don't know, maybe we can do a one of those gigantic Rochester drafts where you just kind of set out all the cards and then everybody just snakes up and down picking what they want. I don't know. But, back to Dark Ages. In addition to the avatars, there are, of course, new cards in the set. Maybe there's a subtle thing in here that I'm not picking up on, but I don't think there was really a theme to the cards of this set like there has in been terms for of, like, some of the other... Effects. Yeah, yeah. You've got some, like, Martial Law had... Okay, now you have all these were, minions who stay in play. There were a good number of blockers that did damage to people. Well, like, I think there's one. No, right? Well, there, there, there's, there's the um, doggy. The doggy. Yeah, it's like Schutzhund or something. Uh, Thematically, they're over in Europe now, so you have German-themed cards and English-themed cards and Italian-themed cards, and yeah, I think the other other card I'm thinking of may maybe just a alternate starter deck card. 
the Victor 14, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kilo yeah. 13, that lets you, when it blocks, you can deal a damage to another player. Uh, I think that there's also a combat effect that this does incorporate all the various things that have been introduced in prior ones. So there is feed, feed on some and cards, combat. and there's combat on some cards. But there's a combat effect that lets you deal damage to an attacker because it makes a point in the rules sheet of saying what happens if you kill an attacker, which is if you kill the attacker before it deals damage, then you, uh, you don't then, take it, then it doesn't get to deal damage. Although, I would also say from our experience today, you should not play with the minion who hits back because he doesn't technically hit back. I think we should not... I think that was a bad card to play with when we had... Well, there were people who had never played Nightfall before. Yes. Because yeah. it confused them about the whole minions. We'd be like, no, no, minions don't hit back, except there was this one that did. It wasn't really hitting back in the same way that something would. It's more of a... Right. I don't know. But, but it's an expansion, so that, you That know. was another thing that I got a little messed up by the first glance at. I opened the rule sheet, and I saw the big heading, dealing damage to attacking minions, and I'm like, oh, God. Defending minions just hit back now. It's uh, they're just changing everything again. No, it's just the. But one it was guy. just a couple of yeah, yeah, just a couple of cards. Although but, they they are nasty when you Voltron them up with something else. Yes, yeah. One of the, <laughs> basically left cut you to be left alone for an entire round. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. One of the cards that was amusing. I don't. It, I don't know how globally useful it is. You can do a little comboy things. Was what should not be, which is a an action that you attach to two minions. You duct tape them together. Yeah, yeah. and uh, potentially you can do it to somebody else's minions, but you don't actually choose the minions then. You choose the player, and then they get to... But yeah, the two minions get Which added together. Hilarious. They have all the text. They have all of... They add it together, their health. They add together their strength. So the, the hounds that deal damage yeah. deal the damage based on their strength, and then, so if you just staple them together with anyone else, that means when they block, they're going to really wallop back. But there's another minion that, that can block any, any number, number of people. minions. So I was at one, it was only <laughs> once, but I was able to staple those two guys together. And then uh, no one went into attack and have me deal five to every single one of their attackers. Well, cause, yeah, because yeah, it would yeah. wipe. It would yeah. do nothing. It would just it would wipe out the attacking army, and that would be that. Though now, now that I'm looking at this, I can't help but wonder if you could use this against somebody who has a starting minion and another minion, duct tape them together, and now when the conglomeration dies, they have the starting minion get exiled bit to get huh. rid of the non-starting minion too. Uh, Maybe. I don't. Can you staple three people together? If you've got double staple, I I think imagine. so, because it says target two of their minions, they become one minion. Yeah, well. So I think, yes, you could stick three of them together. I don't think that's really going to come up no. so much. <laughs> but Not but so I much. did think that was one of the, the more amusing things. They also, in this, ed, they have the prizes from the AEG's big game night in 2011 at Gen Con, which they're reprising again this year on last year there was a combined L5R and all AEG's board games night on Saturday and then this year L5R is going to be on Saturday and the the board game stuff is going to be on Friday so I don't know if they'll have anything like this again but they had a Thunderstone tournament and a Nightfall tournament and the Nightfall tournament the top four players from each of the factions got to have their like a photograph of them be used for the art in a card in an upcoming set. And so there's one of each of those 
in this, which I thought was interesting to see. Yeah. I chose to play in Thunderstone. The similar thing, but was harder because it was just the one winner, which wasn't me. Gotta try harder next time. You could have been a vampire. I think I could have been a vampire. I think I know this person. <laughs> Although I think that the person who won the vampire can you tell by the, reading the name or looking at the zombie head? I think the person who won the vampire is the guy who's being drained by the vampire in the artwork. Oh. Yeah. Um, My recollection is that the name was male and yeah, the, van, the, the yeah, vampire is female. The victim. Yeah. Oh. So. He's even in a red shirt, too. <laughs> Although one, one of those does use, I think, the only actual problem I had with this set, which is that it introduces a mechanical term and then never tells you about it, which is the absorb term is used now for when a minion will take damage instead of you. It says the minion will absorb damage. And I, I remember reading that and be like, what is absorbing damage? But yeah. then David answered you, that on the forum. It's when you big smoke the damage. Yes. A lot of the interesting in the flavor of these is just kind of looking at the funny names. And there is one I want to call out because I thought it was hilarious, which is Mirabelle Durand. All the cards, they say like vampire or ghoul or whatever, and then they have a little flavor line. And for her, it's She's so full of herself that her line is, Paris will always have me. <laughs> yeah. So, I really liked that. But I think the avatars are a good addition. I think that the cards are just more options, for the most part. There are a good number of attachments, and we're not too big a fan of the attachments here. I kind of yeah, wish there were just more normal actions. In general, yeah. I, I, I just generally feel like the minions are insufficiently uh, permanent for me to care about attaching something to them. Yeah. I almost want to mix the attachments from this in with the minions and martial law that were hanging around, but just so I feel more enthused, but but then it just feels like a completely different thing. Yes. Yeah. But I do think that just the avatars if I was sitting down and playing Nightfall, I'd probably want the base game and Coldest War and this. Just cuz yeah. Coldest War has the other starting decks. Yeah. Um, yes, and the coldest war wounds. Uh, yes, yeah. So you'd have all three different kinds of wounds, and, and you have both starting decks. And here you have avatars, and this, and this is this the, avatars, the avatars. And the avatars make a world of difference. They're great. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. So, you guys have anything else to add before we sign off? Um, I was actually happy with this expansion. Uh, I haven't honestly been a fan of Nightfall, and I was really, really pleasantly surprised. If you like Nightfall, you'll. Almost definitely like this. Yeah. If you don't like Nightfall, I would try this. But yes, if you like Nightfall, definitely get this for the avatars. Yeah, and you you may have to look carefully. It is in the little tiny box, which I don't know how that works out for retail, but I like because I have to end up taking all the cards out and putting it in a, one of my existing boxes so they're all together anyway, so I do not need another big Huge full-size box, yeah. empty box sitting on my shelf. So they so have this thing called trash cans now? I'm I'm a little too... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Pack ready? I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I you mean, know, people would probably say OCD, but I think people are excessively yes. quick to use the no, term no. OCD to describe I, any joking. random quirk. You could see the giant stacks of 
more or less empty boxes over on my bookshelves, <laughs> yeah, yeah. too. The, so. <laughs> Skyrim Collector's Edition. Knights yeah. of the Old Republic Collector's Edition. It's just hard <laughs> to throw away a good box. Yeah. <laughs> well, these aren't just boxes. you got one of those Ikea cube things that those take up entire cubes because they came with <laughs> figurines and such in them. Right. And then the figurines up on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> it works well. Yes. Yes. It worked well. The avatars worked well. And uh, I, I think we've now said everything we have to say about Dark Rages. So, for Jay Earl, Justin Purdy, and Kevin Kennedy, I'm Chris Stevenson, and you've been listening to Strange Assembly. Growl. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Here with me today are... Jay Earl. And Kevin Kennedy. And we're going to talk about the recently released Infiltration from Fantasy Flight Games and designed by Don Vaccarino, who also did Dominion and recent Spiel des Jahres nominee Kingdom Builder. And although it means absolutely nothing to me, I guess I should note that Fantasy Flight would like us to note that this is set in the Android universe. It means something to me. <laughs> oh. Because it's it's set in the game setting of the game Android, and I like Android. It's one of my favorite games, even though it takes like three or four hours. So, in the game Infiltration, each player is a data thief. You're physically going into corporate offices, trying to break into their computer systems, take their data files, possibly stabbing their poor lab assistants who spill data files when you kill them. Well, they're just taking the workstation up, and they're like, I gotta work, leave me alone. No, the good stuff's on your computer, man. The game ends when security gets too hot. During the course of the game, you advance further and further into the corporate offices, and then at some point you have to decide that now's the time to boogie out of there. If you don't make it out when the proximity hits 99 or 100, then you lose out of the people who make it out, whoever has the most data files wins. Yeah, the first game was won by Jay, who managed to play a card to make the security <laughs> show up immediately. Yeah, I'm a jerk. <laughs> it was funny, though. It was awesome. I thought it was hilarious. Yes. There are six characters. It can mean something small as to how the game works, or mean nothing, depending yeah. on how you're doing it. You can also slow the game down or speed it up by adjusting how fast proximity builds up on the alarm. Because at the end of every turn you roll a die and add that to the alarm and so you can just change that factor by having it be a D6 minus one or a D6 plus one. On each of your turns you have four basic options which are to move forward, move backwards, interface, which is take some special action for that room mostly. Or loot the room. Or, yes, or loot data files that are loose in the room. <laughs> Just hang out. Beyond that, all the specifics of what you can do are defined by what is on the room cards, which you have a random stack of rooms every game, or what is on the item cards, and you can play an item instead of taking one of your basic actions. And generally, it's a superior version of the action, or do something, and then yeah, a lot take of, another a lot action. Of, a lot of the items let you do things that you can't normally do, or, a and a lot, of the, a lot of the items let you take an additional action, which is very kind of what Vaccarino does. Yeah, there can be interface tokens or tech locks or 
like we mentioned, the lab workers. Techlocks and lab workers, by default, just spill data files when you break them and or kill them. <laughs> so there will be special cards that actually break the tech locks or the kill the lab assistants, or if you're lucky, things that say break the tech lock and then immediately extract. And then you can immediately play your extract action, which will then let you pick up those, those data files off the floor. So what did you guys think of the game? Um, I was kind of... The security thing moved a little too fast for my taste. So in one game that we played, we didn't get to the second floor cards at all, because security just got ramped up really, really high. And then in another game we played, I went to the second floor because basically I knew that I was losing. Right. Well, we, we'd reached a point where you, you needed to just press ahead and hope you could abort quickly, while the other two of us thought we could still make it out in time. With yeah. enough to win. Yeah, and that one worked out to you because there happened to be a room that happened to give you a special thing that you could do to get out, but it seems like if you don't have something like that, right. there really isn't any way to explore a lot. So you have these well, six rooms going up one side and six rooms coming back for the level one rooms, the level two rooms, and then a special room that you may or may not ever be able to get into. But it seems like you, you often, even when we got to a high room. You don't get to like spend time there doing things. You have to get the heck out. Right. And I think if I had spent more time advancing instead of trying to get treasure, essentially, in the early rooms, then maybe I could have gone to the later rooms more often, but that's not how we ended up playing. Right. I, I definitely wonder if there would be a viable strategy that we just, none of us were exploring of just Zipping as quickly as possible to the later rooms, because they are do have better rewards than the early rooms. And I mean, even if they average out to be the same rewards as the early rooms, you're not sharing it with other people, yes. which ended up being like a major dynamic in the game. I think there was at least one point where I had extracted some data, and the player to my left wasn't able to get anything because of it. Yeah, there were a couple it, times of that, and there was also there were also a couple times where because of the way we were clumped up and the way certain rooms interacted. Oh, yeah, that, that whole nightmare yeah. with that, that room yes, with the those... interface that let you steal from everybody else. Well, yes. I don't, see, I, that, to me, at least, didn't really seem like a nightmare so much as a... Well, th that was just a, a you don't want to be clumping. Yeah, it mattered. When you have things that talk about, oh, hit people in adjacent rooms or hit people in the same room, it matters what order people are moving up in or moving back in. It seems to be built into the game, the whole extract thing. The first player rotates as the game goes on, and if you have multiple people trying to extract data files in one room, and there aren't that many data files, whoever is the first player for that turn gets first crack at some of them, and so it can hoover them up. Obviously, within the course of the game, you're like, ah, oh, nuts, I don't like it when I end up trying to extract and there aren't any left for me. I think the only time that was more annoying was that when I actually blew an item card to try mm. to interface in a room. And, and someone had also already there was interfaced. Once for a game interface. Yeah. yeah, and then you, since you were sitting in my right, Kevin, you just play, had played your interface card to just use it up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my clever item uses. Because the items are much sexier than right. your base action. Right. And for the most part, they're one use. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so there is a certain advantage to advancing and getting the room to getting yourself. Getting away from the pack, yeah. 
but it's risky. Yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed the game. I have to admit that when I saw, oh, that, that Vaccarina's the designer, I'm like, oh, there's this isn't going to feel like it has a theme at all. But this actually felt much more thematic than, say, yeah. Dominion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely very thematic. And having played Android, it's very in the lines of Android, too. Like, the little data file tokens are very reminiscent of things that you have in, in Android. The other thing I didn't like about it was, towards the end of the game, you just spend the entire time retreating. Yes. And that's kind of boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're sort of in a race to the race against the die of it's going I've got four rooms to get through. Can I make it out before we finish right. it off? Yeah. Maybe it would have been more exciting if there was actually tension, except usually maybe other people would play it more riskily, but usually you just kind of reach this point like, well, I'm going to start retreating before I get to the point where a, a it's a Three bad die rolls in a row means I might actually lose. Right. right. I'm going to get the heck. Well, also, just uh, because we had, hadn't been advancing quickly, we had been going very slowly, there was no point in slowly retreating and, if the die rolls are low, trying to get some last little loot, because there was nothing left to Well, loot. especially because in the last game, we had had the cleaner guy, yeah. the NPC, who had... Yeah, could sometimes he just... Yeah, there's a lot of individual little things you can find in rooms. Like, oh, here's a room where all the rooms have names. This will be like the infirmary. You can heal your character if you interface with it. And there was one that was some sort of lab where if you broke the tech lock, it spilled sludge all over the room that, that slowed you down. Or ones where you find a particular character there. And yeah, so this and the the NPCs they mostly seemed to show up and then move towards the right. entryway. And this guy, as he moved toward the entryway, picked up all the loose data files that you hadn't bothered to, yeah, to and s- swipe on your way in. We got that one NPC who, when she left, increased the proximity by 20. Yeah, yeah that's what that's that game, the clock. That's what sparked yes. that. The yeah, exodus. They decided to run. You decided to, to well, charge. They decided to run back. You decided, I decided to run to go, forward. Go, go Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, eh, I, I already started retreating in this game. <laughs> yes, yeah. you Leroyed, I Sir Robin. Yeah. <laughs> and there is another NPC that every time he goes back, he increases the proximity by five, which is even worse than yes. that girl. So Yes, unless you fit in the first room or two, yeah. Yeah, well, sh- she can be nasty because I think in our game, she triggers when she hits specific rooms or the entry room, and in our game, it was just the entry room, and she had a long way to go to get there. But you could potentially have her open up and then move one square, one room over. And, and suddenly game wham. over, yeah. Yeah, game yeah, game over. So, I thought it was interesting. I thought certain of the cards were kind of problematic, and I would have changed them. But, I don't know, overall, what, what do you mean by certain, like, some of the like, items you like didn't the, like? Like the NPCs. Like, they just ended the game too quickly for me. Well, I don't think that was really a question of the NPCs. It's just a... There is definitely a... A back end of the well, game yeah, where like, the, you don't get as far in as you'd like. The end of the game seems to come much quicker than you expect then, it to, yes. Well, now that it's I not think, that the end of the game comes quickly. It's the end of your exploration becomes quickly, yes. and then you have to... Now that I think about it, there are ways of dealing with NPCs. Most of the things that deal with the lab workers can also hit the NPCs. Yes. So instead of, you know killing that lab worker that one game on your way out, 
You could have killed the NPC. I was on my way out. I didn't <laughs> want to kill the NPC. I know. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying. Ultimately, I, I don't think it was a great game, but I enjoyed playing it. And I, you know, we can, at some point we have to stop and talk about it. But it, was, it wasn't one where we, I was like, oh, well, no, I'm, I'm done with this. I would not pretty late here at the point in time we're recording is if, if it was early and somebody said oh let's keep on playing more I would not have would have been happy to keep on playing more whereas there are a good number of games even if they're decent games you're like well I, I've I've done this enough to review it let's put it away I don't want to play it anymore well, and also I feel like there are a lot of games where you're taking turns so you take your turn and then you sit there for five or ten minutes while everyone else is doing Whereas this was very much, okay, we're all picking it, our actions. It, it was fast. Right. Yeah. And then there's like 30 seconds of you do yours, you do yours, you do yours. Then we all pick another action and we go around again. It yeah. was very, I think the list very to- little downtime. Yeah. Is the list time on the box was 30 to 45 minutes. And, and it was actually accurate. Yes. I oh, know. For once. That so rarely which happens. Is, which is refreshing. Yes. Yeah. It's a fast game. Yes. So do you have any final thoughts? I'd play it again. Yes, I liked it. Which is an endorsement. Yes. yes. We'd all like it and would be willing to play it again. <laughs> I wouldn't play it all the time, but I would play it again. Okay. That was Infiltration by Fantasy Flight Games and set in their Android universe, designed by Donald Vaccarino. For Jay Earl and Kevin Kennedy, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download more episodes of Strange Assembly on iTunes or from our website at www.strangeassembly.com. While you're at our website, you can check out the frequently updated main page or talk with us on the forums. You can also email me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com or you can follow Strange Assembly on Facebook or Twitter Strange assembly either place. Thanks for listening. come true Naga babies will do the same for you Naga 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 babies 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 make dreams come true